What's up, y'all? I'm Cora. And I'm Sharon. And this is Learning on the Job, a podcast for moms. And Claire is also joining us because we don't go anywhere without our babies. Yeah. Jenny will join us later on. She's currently taking a nap, but she will definitely be waking up here pretty soon. (laughs) Bless. Uh, Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, We are so excited about this new endeavor that we're working on. And yeah, we're just happy to be here. Yeah. So uh, first off, I guess what we're really going to start off with is just kind of go over what we're doing, why we wanted to start this podcast. Yeah, so um, Sharon and I, we've known each other for a long time, uh, and we can get into that, but uh, both kind of going on this new first-time mom path, and both of us are just the type of people that have really enjoyed um, documenting it and learning from other people's experiences to kind of just get a better idea of what we're doing. If you haven't heard, we have no idea what we're doing. We're just figuring this out (laughs) on a daily basis, so... We really wanted to create a community where we could talk about our struggles, talk about our triumphs, and hopefully bring some other cool moms into the mix and learn from them too. But yeah, so Cora and I met in college. We were both in the same sorority in college. And after Cora graduated, we kind of kept in touch with mutual friends who were also still in college. And... Then we just had a group text message going on for years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the group text has been going on since, like, I don't know, 2015 at this point? Something like that, yeah, with us and our two other friends, Erica and Jovita. And, yeah, and so then Cora and I both got engaged around the same time, and then we got married about, like, a year of, like, six months Well, it was supposed to be about six months apart, but COVID changed that, so it was almost a year, but I'm sure we'll get into that, too. Yeah. (laughs) What we're going to really go into in this episode is we're just going to kind of go over our birth stories. We're going to just kind of take time to reflect on our pregnancy experience, our birthing experience, and just some of the stuff that we went through during all of that because it definitely was not a breeze oh no (laughs) but when is pregnancy and child rearing ever a breeze yeah (laughs) so do you want to go ahead and start since you did get pregnant first (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so to back up uh i got married in august of 2020 and found myself to be uh, unexpectedly pregnant by november of 2020 so a very short trial of just being married before we found out we were adding kids into the mix um but we obviously were very excited and embraced it so spent pretty much the majority of 2021 being pregnant um I really didn't know what to expect of pregnancy it was something I was honestly always scared of Uh, not something that I was never the type of woman that like looked forward to getting pregnant and having babies. It was something I was kind of starting to dip my toes into the idea of like, I could maybe be a mom one day. Uh, but, you know, life sometimes makes decisions for you. So I found myself pregnant. Um, it, was, it, was, it was not the easiest pregnancy. I dealt with a lot of morning sickness towards the beginning of my pregnancy. That's actually how I discovered I was pregnant because I was throwing up on the daily and something just didn't seem right with that. Shortly into my pregnancy, I found out I got COVID. That was really hard and scary um, just because your immune system is already so much lower when you're pregnant. So, uh, and I had such a high fever for a few days there. So that was a scary time. Pregnancy kind of went on. Second trimester was um, easier but still rough you know mostly because i worked all through my pregnancy i was frequently going to events um and being on my feet for 10 to 12 hours a day uh pregnant so that's how i spent the majority of my second trimester so i found out that i had gestational diabetes at the beginning of my third trimester 
And that really had to change. Obviously, my diet, that was the big part. That was the most frustrating part for me, too, because pregnancy, yeah, it was like you get to eat whatever you want. And I was so, like, tired and stressed all the time. All I wanted to do was, like, eat donuts. So having to having to take all that away, that part was, that part was rough. So, yeah, I mean, that really was a big part of the third trimester and ultimately led to the reason that they decided to schedule me for an induction. The induction was actually supposed to be scheduled so that I would have less likely of a chance to have a C-section. I That was the only thing that I said going into it was, I really don't want to have a C-section. The idea of getting cut open terrified me. Um, spoiler alert, I had a C-section. <laughs> So uh, that was that was a lot of the pregnancy. Um, I did have an induction date scheduled, so I went in for my induction date, and um, that was a whole thing in itself. Uh, with it being COVID, there was a lot of times you you know you go in and they just don't have enough rooms for everybody at the hospital. So um, I got my induction date bumped because there were not enough rooms available, <clears throat> and then a couple days later I go in for the new date and. On my way there, I was getting bumped again. Um, that was really anxiety-inducing because, you know, you're just trying to amp yourself up for, like, this big life-altering event that's about to take place, and they keep telling you, oh, never mind, it's going to be, you know, another day, a few more hours, whatever it will be. So I remember the last time that they told me um, that I was getting bumped again, they just, like, put me in a triage um, area until a room was available, and I was just crying, because I was not willing to go back home and, like, be anxious and have to drive all the way back to the hospital again, and they did eventually put me in a room, so I went in my room, and I was there for 38 hours before I ended up having to have a c-section, so during my labor, um, first of all, did you know, obviously you know now, but something that I didn't know before having a baby, like just from like what I'd seen in the movies and stuff is like when your water breaks, it doesn't just like, Ooh, gush. And then it's, Oh, it's, over. Oh, I know. Like, Oh, the amnia. No, it, I leaked for two days straight. I constantly had to get towels changed out from under me and everything else. It was mortifying honestly it definitely was a humanizing moment for sure um but honestly i like so much that i ended up having to get an amnio fusion so they had to pump fluid back into me because the baby was just basically bobbing in there um, she needed to be like in the fluids and she wasn't anymore that and also just the fact that i was not dilating caused her heart rate to drop multiple times that was really scary Another really scary thing that happened to me was that I got a fever and I ended up having to get antibiotics because they were worried that I was having an infection. And that was ultimately one of the reasons that they decided that I needed to have the C-section was she'd just been in there too long and we needed to get her out, um, confirm that, you know, she didn't have any infections. Another part of it for me that sucked was I ended up having to get the epidural three times. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so the first time it worked, but it was not working well enough. I could still feel a lot of pain. So then the next day they came in and they went to go do it again. But when they did it again, that was when I immediately got a fever. Apparently somehow that can happen. And he was like, oh, well, we need to get this out of you. And redo it so then they had to do it a third time and let me for your you. epidural did they not give you the button like, no they gave me the button but that was the thing was like i was pressing the button and and you know they max it out after a while actually yeah um i was in so much pain chris took over the button that was like his job was like every time that the green light came back on he would just pump me back up with medicine because i was in so much pain that was why we ultimately decided like hey maybe we should try repositioning this thing um, but once you're in a lot of pain and then, and let me tell you, I was like in pain in my butt. It felt like she was just sitting in my butt and could not get out. So then I had to sit up to straighten my back out to get that epidural the second and third time. And it was God awful. Ah, oh, man. Trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the whole thing was a blur. So that's why the whole story is really coming to me in like flashes as opposed to one fluid picture. 
but I was just in so much pain. I was delirious by the end of it. And 38 hours in, they told me I needed to have a C-section and I questioned them a lot less about it this time. (laughs) I just really accepted it and was ready to get on with the next thing. And honestly, the C-section was the least scary part for me. I got to sit there and hold Chris's hand and he just talked to me and we had a nice chat and I didn't feel anything. They gave me a lot of good medications at that point. <laughs> and moments later I got to meet Claire and it was the best moment of my life. So all in all, would I do it again for Claire? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Claire agrees. Yes. She's happy. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, how about you? So, I will say mine was not as traumatic in certain areas, and I feel more, not necessarily traumatic, but more, like, it was difficult in other areas. The pregnancy as a whole. Yeah. Uh, so, one, we had a harder time getting pregnant. Like, y'all were not expecting it at all. We were actually trying to get pregnant. We got married in October of 2019, and by May of 2020, we had decided that we were, I mean, we weren't married that long, but we we had been together for so long, we knew each other very well, we were ready to kind of start trying for a family. Mm-hmm. Well, and you went into it, I think, wanting the marriage and the kids, like... Yeah, like, we, we had both, like done a lot of stuff we'd lit like we've known each other since we were kids so we didn't have a lot of that we didn't need a whole lot of like getting to know you we didn't need that time of us just being married and then two with covid we didn't know how everything was going to turn out so we were like we don't want to try to wait like we can't travel we can't do anything right now mm-hmm. so we don't want to wait to do all that stuff before having a kid because we don't know when we're going to be able to do that yeah like this was beginning of covid so May 2020, we started trying, and it took us almost a full year to get pregnant. Uh, We actually, we're recording this Thursday before Easter, and Jake and I found out that we were pregnant April 2nd, which was Good Friday in 2021. Yes. That was Good Friday, so it was really funny whenever I took the pregnancy test and I showed Jake... It was April 2nd, and he was like, thank God you didn't do this yesterday. <laughs> he wouldn't have believed you. He really would not have believed me until, like... Did you go get a pregnancy test from Cora? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, he, he really... He had made that joke multiple times that he would not have believed me if it would have been on the first. That is too funny. But, yeah, so, like, we had to go to our family Easter's and, like, not tell anyone. Oh, I remember that. I remember. We told we told my family and we told his immediate family, but we waited to tell everyone else until a little until after we at least went to the doctor because we hadn't even gone to the doctor. Yeah, but um, I think the biggest thing is like with my pregnancy, like I I didn't have morning sickness. I I felt nauseous, but like I don't. I don't get sick. My yeah. body doesn't projectile nice. anything. I was like that before pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I have to be very drunk to really get that sick. And I mean, even my wedding night, I was pretty drunk and still nothing. I don't think I've actually gotten sick since I've been with Jake. Nice. I think Jake is like a shield. Well, I I mean, I married someone whose nickname in college was Depuka. <laughs> so I got what was coming to me. I mean, yeah. You be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so I, I didn't really get sick. I just felt nauseous and tired. So all I wanted to do was lay on the couch. But um, fairly early on, my blood pressure started to rise due to pregnancy. So like every time I would go to the doctor, um, they were monitoring my blood pressure and everything and monitoring my weight because they didn't want... They didn't want me to go into like hypertension or anything um, or have any bad effects like that. Uh, So I had to cut my salt intake by a lot and I bought a home blood pressure machine to monitor my blood pressure because I ended up finding out that my blood pressure wasn't really a problem unless I was at the doctor and 
there's i think it's called like white coat syndrome where your blood pressure rises whether you intend for it to or not like you just get nervous or whatever at the doctor oh that's funny i have the opposite problem (laughs) (laughs) i'm sick until i go to the doctor and then suddenly all of my symptoms have vanished and i just get like a crazy person (laughs) like i i don't like when jake would go with me he he was able to go with me to appointments and whenever he was there and if he would say anything like for whatever reason my blood pressure would go up whenever he talked so anxious <laughs> like i think it was because he was making me laugh and i was just, i was focusing so hard trying to be calm that whenever he would talk like, he would make me laugh he would like it was it was stressing me out because i thought that making me laugh would cause it to like go up and yeah. so i'm like focusing so hard to make it not go up and so him being there would always make it go higher but (laughs) my doctor was never worried which kind of calmed me she was never worried about anything because everything was fine um and then throughout the whole pregnancy i mean i had a lot of swelling not enough to like i was i was actually scared that i was gonna get preeclampsia i remember i was worried you were you were telling me you had high blood pressure and you were swollen i was like girl yeah well and like in my like i said my doctor was never worried about anything and so i really tried to stay calm but anytime like i was pregnant all year from march all the way to november like i was pregnant and we're in texas so it's really hot oh i understand anytime i stepped outside my fingers like swelled up immediately i it was so bad Um, my ankles didn't really swell unless i was on my feet all day long um and so that really wasn't an issue and i think my face swelled a little bit but it was more like just like pregnancy weight gain in my face that's normal because yeah like that that went away after she was born um well i don't think it showed very much just so you know thank you uh so i didn't really have a lot of like markers between like first and second trimester or anything in the third trimester um i didn't get gestational diabetes but i did test positive for gbs which oh yeah yeah like that can cause the baby to get an infection whenever they're born if you don't get antibiotics for it and so i was very scared and anxious about that and then Ginny also was breached for the longest time that they offered to turn her before we hit, like, I think they offered to turn her by the beginning of 36 weeks. Uh, or, like, that was the latest they could do it. How do they turn? So. <laughs> do I want to know? Um, I will tell you because maybe our listeners don't know. We voted against it because we also have multiple nurses in our family who are labor and delivery nurses and stuff. So I talked to all of them about it. But essentially from what I found out, they ha- you have to check into the hospital as if you are going to give birth and stuff. And you have to stay there for at least like 24 hours. And Hard pass. Yeah. They, I think they give you the epidural. I'm not positive. Or maybe they don't give you the epidural. They give you something else. But, like, they have to kind of numb you up a little bit. And they put, like, they lather this lotion or oil on your stomach. And basically, two nurses will find the head and the butt of the baby. And they will just slowly turn them in your tummy? around. No. Yes. Oh. They push on your stomach and they turn them. And that's why they give you something to relax you and baby. That's why I don't think it's epidural. Yeah, it's but it's probably something. like a, an anti-anxiety Something to relax you and baby so that they can turn the baby easily and, like, they don't freak out or whatever. But you have to be checked into the hospital because... Please excuse our chorus in the background. There's a chance that the baby could go into distress and they may have to deliver the baby right away. Is there a chance that it could, like, hurt the baby's head? Like, that's what I would be concerned about. Like, you know, something impacting the cranium i don't i don't believe so from what i found out it's that part is pretty safe like that part doesn't really bother the, ba- the baby just because they're in like the, the liquid the yeah and, and like they don't do it very fast like they, they take their time doing it um but then there's also always the chance that even if it goes successful even if you get to be checked out of the hospital and stuff they can always flip back over like yeah that's just, just what they want to do yeah you're not full term they can always flip back over and it's <laughs> it's just i i was I like know. no i don't need that stress 
whenever we went in for our 37 week appointment we found that she had flipped so she was in the right position so she didn't need their help yeah uh she was in the right position so that made us feel better and then i did i was getting worried that maybe we would have to schedule an induction or a c-section but jenny helped us with that because my water ended up breaking while we were at home so you had to get towels changed under you constantly. I had to wear a diaper to the hospital. Yes, <laughs> when? So, like, and that's the other thing is, like, you know, in the movies, they're in Walmart or whatever, and the water just breaks. I'm like, no, you would be flooding Walmart. Like, what? Yeah. How do you... People talk about their water breaking, and Chris and I talk about that all the time. Like, can you imagine what if we were in the car? What if we were doing da-da-da-da? Like, we would have ruined wherever we were. I will say, so mine, like, when it broke... It didn't get anywhere in our house because, like, it was, like, I felt it, but it wasn't a big gush or anything. Does it happen when you stand up, or how did it happen for you? I, I, I was walking in the house. Like, I I had just ate McDonald's for lunch, and that's what Jake and I blame it on, is the McRib. McRibs induced labor. <laughs> you heard it here first. I, I was craving it. Like, it, they had just come back out with the McRib. I really wanted it, and... <laughs> So I ate it, and then uh, Jake went back to, like, he works in our garage, so he went back to work, and then I stood up, was walking to the kitchen to throw stuff away, and felt like I peed myself. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But, like, it, I don't know, it wasn't a big gush or anything, and we should have put a trigger warning at the beginning of this if birth stories didn't kind of... (laughs) Do it no, for you. <laughs> for me, so, you know, they give you the Pitocin. Um, no, it wasn't the Pitocin that they gave you. It was the thing they give you before the Pitocin, the thing that they, like, put in you, and it kind of, like, starts the process, thins you out. I cannot remember what it's called. I'm sure somebody I was like, us. I didn't need that. I was already very, like, I yeah, was actually no, already dilating. I was thinned out. Like, See, I everything was moving. <laughs> That's another thing I should say, too, is, like, I had a lot of Braxton Hicks. I had a lot of, like... Yeah, I didn't have um, any of that. Contractions for like a month prior. There was a point in time where I went to the hospital thinking that I was going to be in labor that day. And I was contracting very hard, but I was not dilating. So they sent me home. And that was the problem. When, that's why they had to give me an induction was because I needed help being moved along. Yeah. It's like we, we went to the hospital. Poor Jake. Bless his heart. He... He tried to put the hazards on and speed all the way to the hospital. I've heard about people doing that. <laughs> I, th- I I was I surprisingly very calm. I was like, babe, you don't need to do that. Like, <laughs> we will get there in plenty of time. The hospital, like, we're not leaving at rush hour. <laughs> and the hospital is not super far away. Like, w- we will get there. And I called the hospital on our way there to tell them that I was coming. Um, and we waited in triage for a while. Uh and thankfully like my mom was able to get off work so she was she lives in houston and we're in san antonio so she was actually able to drive up so by the time we got into a room my mom was able to come and visit us for a little bit but i never actually felt contractions until i had pitocin and i was actually a little scared oh they still gave you the pitocin because i wasn't uh because i was six centimeters at my 37 week appointment and i was now 37 and like five days and i was still only six centimeters and man they they wanted to like try to speed it along i was like i wanted to like i cannot clarify enough i was at a zero when i went in there so to hear you be like i never even got to six centimeters they at 38 hours i was at five and a half and they were like (laughs) we're gonna have to call this i was either at four or six i might have been at four but i got to six before she was born so impressive (laughs) (laughs) thank you i did it myself i'm so jealous (laughs) Yeah, I was just, I was scared because I didn't feel any actual contractions until we got Pitocin. So, like, the entire time in triage up until, like, we got into our room, they gave me antibiotics for the GBS. And I I was like, am I even in labor? Because I don't feel anything. <laughs> Once I got Pitocin. You feel it. <laughs> I felt it. And I tried not to get the epidural. I know I wanted the epidural at some point, but I wanted to see how far I could go and i was just laying there in bed and i when i started to feel the contractions from the pitocin it wasn't that bad at first but then once i like for some reason they all went to my back 
and I started just having back labor. And mm-hmm. I told the nurse, I was like, I need the epidural now. I can't take the back labor. I was like, it, it just, it felt like such a back ache, and I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't mm-hmm. move. Same. And it was like all right here. Yeah, like, and then even whenever they tried to give me the epidural, I only had to get it once. But they told me to relax, and I'm like, I'm in the middle of a contraction right now. It's in my back. I can't just sit here and relax. My body physically won't. Yeah. It's tensing up. Like, I can't do anything about that. Yeah. And so, like, we were... Jake... Oh, my gosh. We were in the hospital. I think we went to the hospital around, like, 2 p.m., and Jenny was born at, like, 4.37 the next morning. Yeah, you were only there for like 14 hours. Yeah, I was in labor for only 14 hours. So Jake pretty much got to sleep the whole time. He did get to go check on our dogs whenever my mom got got there. So she was able to sit with me because it wasn't, she wasn't coming anytime soon. Um, But yeah, Jake pretty much just slept and laid on the couch the whole time. So like the entire night that they would come in every hour to flip me over like a pancake uh jake just got to sleep man but they they didn't want to check they didn't want to check me uh whenever they would flip me they didn't check to see how dilated i was but every four hours because they didn't want to risk checking and like seeing how dilated i was and risking an infection with the gbs because with the the antibiotics uh it wipes everything out oh really so yeah it it like cleans you completely out and that's why some people some people don't recommend it like they don't recommend getting the antibiotics but i didn't want to risk it and like just i don't want to risk her getting an infection because that's just such a dangerous and scary infection she could get that uh i went ahead and i got the antibiotics and i appreciated their caution with it but they came in at about it was a little after 4 a.m that they came in to check me and that's when like shit hit the fan oh yeah (laughs) quickly yeah like it hit the fan real quick i woke up for them to flip me over and it was a different nurse like she was helping my nurse out and i told her i was like can you check me like they, they were supposed to check me and i'm so glad i said something because they she checked and from like she was just taking so long and the look on her face i knew something was wrong um i hate that i knew jenny was okay because i could hear her heartbeat on the monitor which i loved but uh she said i need to go get another nurse for a second opinion because what i'm feeling doesn't feel like a head and i was thinking to myself great (laughs) here here comes her butt (laughs) yeah so they had they had like two other nurses come in to verify and yes it was her butt they had the doctor (laughs) they had two other nurses come in to verify and that yeah it was her butt and then they had the doctor come in and he verified that it was her butt they verified that she had also pooped already which i didn't know at the time but i found out after the fact that uh, a lot of times whenever they poop in the womb, it's because they're in distress. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, her heart rate was fine, even though, like, she was fine and what they were monitoring, she was somehow in distress. And well, the she pooped. it's leaking out. Yeah. And so, like, I, I don't... I wasn't, like, freaking out on the outside, but I was freaking out on the inside. And they were like okay so we're gonna have to take you to an emergency c-section right now and like people were like zooming into the room oh my gosh i'm yelling at jake like wake up (laughs) and it's go time oh yeah and he called my mom to tell her what was going on my mom (laughs) my mom offered to come up to the hospital but ultimately we were just like no, because, I mean, there's nothing you can really do. You can't really be in there. Not going to do anything. So she she came up later. But, yeah, we went into a C-section. And while the C-section wasn't necessarily an issue, like, it was fairly easy, I had such bad body shakes, like, the entire night. From the time I got the epidural and everything, like, 
my body was shaking so bad i couldn't tell they, they kept checking my temperature because they didn't know if i had a fever or not i had the same problem i think the epidural just gives you body shakes because yeah. i mean i did end up with a fever for a moment there but i kept thinking like am i cold but then i put blankets on me and i was too hot but i could not stop shaking yeah rubbing my face oh that was like the worst night of my life. Like I would be lucky if I could get sleep because I was shaking so hard. And then lying on the table for the C-section, they covered my entire, like my arms and my upper body with a heating pad. Yeah, same. But that still didn't really help. And my jaw and my neck were starting to hurt because I, my teeth were chattering from shaking mm. that I was trying to stop that. And Jake was sitting there, right? Like he was holding my hand. He was sitting right there by me and he kept checking on me to make sure I was okay that I wasn't shaking from anything else um and for me like I will definitely do a c-section again I'm not gonna try and do anything else Same. whenever we have another baby just gonna schedule it not yeah. even mess with any of that other bs yeah I'm definitely gonna do another c-section but it I'm hoping that like I didn't feel anything but I felt the pressure of them moving everything around and to me, that was really weird. And I hated that feeling too, the pooling. Well, yeah. And then I don't know if it was a little different for you because Claire was head down, like she was in the right spot, and Jenny was breech. But whenever they pulled her out, like they can't just pull her butt and her head come along. Like they have to reach their hands in there and get her, their hands around her head Ugh. and then pull her out that way. No, they didn't have to quite do that. But like I felt the pressure and like they, they didn't warn me beforehand. I started crying during that just because of all the pressure and like in my head it hurt, but it didn't actually hurt. And like then they... Like, I, I felt like I was bawling my eyes out. Jake said I wasn't really crying, but I felt like I was. And, like, they pulled the curtain down. They showed us her. And then I felt like I, I still felt like I was crying because, like, she was now born and stuff. And I was worried about her. Like, I was just like, is she okay? Like, I hadn't heard her cry yet. And then she cried. And Jake's like, yeah, she's good. And Jake looked over. And he was like, he's trying to comfort me. So I stopped worrying about her. He's like, she has 10 fingers, 10 toes. Yeah. Like, she's, she, has, she has 10 fingers, 10 toes. Like, she's good. Everything's good. Uh, good. And, he's yeah. Like, keeping you calm. <laughs> yeah. And then he got to hold her. And I was so preoccupied. Like, I was like, can they take pictures? I want, like, I wanted pictures. Yeah, I was like that, too. There's somebody taking a picture, right? The nurse already had my phone. And Jake was so preoccupied. He's like, the nurses have other things to do than take our picture. And I was, then like, one of, the one that was, like, watching my epidural and, like, all of my pain medications, like, she, she was like, yeah, I can do this for you. Um... Man, if I were a nurse, that would be my job, too. I'd be like, I'm going to get all the pics. Give me your phone. You'll have this moment. Yeah. <laughs> and I I think the – I mean, I mean, we'll get into the recovery process in another episode. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, like, the recovery process, it wasn't that bad. It, it was fairly easy. Um, it just – I was just sore. It just took a while. I mean, you cut into so many layers of your body. I mean <laughs> – yeah, I always tell people, like, yeah, she was ejected from the sunroof. <laughs> we actually um, made, like, I have a picture of pregnant me. It's the last pregnant photo I have, and it's of me holding a sign that says eviction notice, and it says, like, you have until, um, you have 24 hours to evict, um, like, otherwise you'll be removed forcefully, and it's, like, thanks, management. <laughs> and I wish that I would have taken pictures, like, I, I wish I would have thought about it, but, like, I had time. I could have taken pictures right before we went to the hospital. I know. I, w I didn't take any photos while I was at the hospital, and I had a planned labor experience. We So we took one picture of the two of us, like, the last picture of the two of us at the hospital before Ginny was born. Aww. And, but, like, that was it. We didn't document anything else. Like, we didn't tell anyone except our family that we were in the hospital. We didn't post it on social media or anything um we just posted the next day like a picture of Ginny and yeah. like she's here <laughs> I remember well and I remember because you know at that point Claire was probably a little over three months old she was almost four, almost four months oh okay thank you I appreciate that input Claire correcting us um 
So I'm just like up all night, you know, multiple times. Every time I'm like looking at my phone, like, has baby been born yet? No, 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 no. And I think I texted like around like 2 a.m. And then the next time I woke up was like 5. And the baby was here. It was so exciting. Yeah. Well, and then too, like, I mean, uh, we... So we had this, our hospital had the same issue that yours did where we got there at the perfect time. Uh, we got there at the perfect time that like we were able to go into triage and then we were able to just like get a room. But once we were out, we were in that like waiting recovery room before they give, send you to like your actual recovery room. That's what they were using as triage for the overflow people because after we came in like it was just flooded. Like, there were so many people coming in now. And so we were laying in there. And we were just... Jay kept saying, like, we were just so lucky that we got there when we did. We didn't have to wait or, like, be put into any other place. Right. Uh, to make it more difficult. And then we chose to breastfeed. And that was the first time I finally got to hold Jenny was whenever we were in that waiting room. And I was... Like, I remember just laying there. And... Uh, I got to breastfeed her for the first time and I was so surprised like she took to it very well very fast we didn't have any issues the only issue that we had like at the hospital was she did prefer one boob over the other for a time but I mean she she got out of that after a while like once we got our stride but yeah I I did want to ask you did you feel an immediate connection with Claire like whenever you got to hold her and stuff honestly yes and Truly, it was surprising to me because, as I said, you know, I wasn't planning on being a mom um, when I became a mom, and I was excited for it. I was excited at the idea of just being a mom in general, but really, I was very overwhelmed with the infant part of it. I felt like I was in over my head, and I just didn't know how I was going to do this. Um, Just felt very disconnected, honestly, throughout my pregnancy. But for me, the second she was born, I and the second I got to hold her, I, I did feel that connection, and immediately those motherly instincts for me kicked in. And like I said, it was just very surprising because I didn't expect that in myself. Yeah, I I did not. Really? I Yeah, I was I was very surprised. I knew that that could happen, and I had mom guilt because I felt bad that I didn't feel that connection right away. But. Well, and that's surprising, too, because you were the opposite. You yeah. planned on the family. You were ready for this. You wanted nothing I will more say than I, to be a mom. I did feel quite disconnected during my pregnancy a little bit. Like, almost like it, it wasn't real. That's exactly how it felt for me. Yeah. It's like, is this a real thing? Like, I'm living some alternate and reality. And once, once I started feeling her kick, it became more real. But it still wasn't, like, super overwhelming um like I mean I I enjoyed everything about it like I I enjoyed being pregnant for the most part I didn't hate it like a lot of moms do I hated it yeah I was like I I enjoyed it but it still wasn't fully real and then it was it was kind of depressing whenever she was born not like the fact that she was born but just the fact that I it wasn't this grand this big grand thing like I, I was happy I was I was very happy. I was, I enjoyed the whole day whenever we got to hold her. I loved holding her. I loved feeding her and doing skin to skin. But it wasn't until... It wasn't for about maybe like... It took about two weeks for me to like really feel that that full-on connection and that bond that like she and I have now. Well, and, and you know... And I just want to say though, that is completely normal. Like you're not the only one that's had those experiences... And, you know, there's a lot of hormones going through your body. There's a lot going on yeah. there. You're, you know, so, you know, if anyone's listening to this and they've experienced that, like, that is totally valid. And things obviously come in time. Yeah. Well, and then, too, I mean, like, I had the, I had terrible baby blues for, like, the first two weeks, too. Oh, me, too. And I feel like that, I feel like that kind of hindered, that stopped our connection, because I would, like, we found out, because she was breech and everything, she, they, they've been checking her for hip dysplasia, 
and like that was a big emotional toll like i was crying like constantly the day that she was born over everything Mm -hmm. i mean like we had like trying to get her on our insurance trying like and the hospital made it seem like her hips were terrible like she had terrible hip dysplasia like you needed to get taken care of asap yeah they said she needs to go to a a specialist next week well we actually found out later on that they should not have even checked her at the hospital they should have waited at least two weeks before even checking her for hip dysplasia with a regular pediatrician yeah like yeah they you and our pediatrician even said that that wasn't their place our pediatrician said like they were just surprised they didn't necessarily say it wasn't their place they said that they checked that at the two-week appointment they were just surprised like from the moment that we came in like we had to get her into the pediatrician within days so that they could go ahead and refer her to the specialist i was on the phone with people the day that she was born trying to get all this figured out and as soon as they would question me or tell me that i was wrong or anything i'd just start bawling and i like held the phone out my mom took it my mom would try to take over it was a whole struggle and then even whenever we got home and i would just look at her and i would just like be scared of every like just looking at her sleeping perfectly fine like i i just start crying because i'm like I'd cry for her hip dysplasia. I'd cry at the fact that I'm like, I'm tired. I'd cry because I was scared about something. Oh, yeah. oh it was so bad. Well, well, and I would say for me, you know, I, I did feel like the connection, but I, mostly I did. I think a lot of that comes from intense worry. I was immediately very worried um, about taking care of her. And I had that same baby blues where it was just like constant for me, um, worrying about every little thing. Like, constantly checking if she's breathing and i think that's oh, a, normal, yeah. a normal thing too um but another thing i think for me was and this going back to the fact that i didn't feel ready to take home this infant was i remember being in the hospital room and like you know they tell you they they tell you things they're like oh this is what you should do this you know you should keep two blankets on her you should do this and that and they'd come in and I'd like be like taking her picture or something in an outfit. And I'd like, I feel like I immediately needed to like re-swaddle her that I was going to like get in trouble or something. I just like immediately felt like almost like, like this baby wasn't mine. And then I had to like remind myself, I was like, who cares what these people think? Like you're going to figure this out. You're going to take this baby home. Like they are not in charge of her. Yeah. So like that was a whole thing for me, I think. And I think a difference, like, so Ginny was only ever really swaddled in the hospital whenever she was sleeping. So, like, during the night, whenever they would take her to the nursery and stuff, um, or maybe sometimes if she napped in the room with us during the day, we'd swaddle her. But she spent most of the time either uh, in her diaper, just skin to skin on my chest, or she would be, uh, we would dress her up, and then we'd kind of wrap her in blankets. Like, we'd try to swaddle her, and then we would just kind of hold her. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I took several outfits for her to wear. She only wore two outfits, I will say. But, um, I mean, we were only there for two days, yeah, two, three there, days. You were there less time than I was there. Yeah, we, I will say the, the discharge process, we were discharged on Thanksgiving Day. She was born two days before Thanksgiving. Being discharged on Thanksgiving Day, everything was closed. I didn't get my pain medication till the next day. I forgot about that. Yeah. And it's like Jake was really trying. Like, basically, we had Tylenol and we had the paper description of how much we could, of how much like they prescribed me. So Jake literally just upped the dosage of regular Tylenol to equal what the Tylenol they would have given, they were supposed to give me was. And then the next day, I called the hospital, spoke to a doctor, because the nurses can't do anything, which, like, I understand, but at the same time, it's very frustrating as a patient. Um, But pain. Yeah, I had to get the, I had to get a doctor on the phone so that they could move, like, they could put my prescription back in, because I was like, we don't even, we don't live by the hospital uh so my husband needs to go get my medication can you send it to this one by our house and i mean that they were able to do that very easily but it just it sucked and it really frustrated jake that it took us a whole day to get my pain medication when 
like driving home from the hospital every little bump oh i was in pain god yeah i definitely understand that driving home with a from a c-section is one of the worst things like yeah first car ride especially because you're you're already so on edge you've got a little tiny baby in this car that's never been in a car too so i will say jenny was great her first time although we were she did she did start to cry at one point because uh she did start to cry at one point because we we stopped somewhere we were trying to find a place that was open to give me my pain medication and we we couldn't and we're trying to like look up on our phone so we pulled over at a cvs or something and we just she started crying so jake and i were both just getting frustrated at the fact that like he was more so frustrated at the doctors and at the hospital for the situation they put us in yeah for sure and like i i completely understand um and it was just such a hassle and jake knew it was gonna happen he he was even he was also frustrated at himself because he was like i should have just gone this morning as soon as they told us before every everything closed because they were open till noon yeah but it's like even if you put in a prescription there sometimes they don't they're not ready and then they just close and they yeah. don't fill them so i think it's just unfortunate that they discharged you on thanksgiving that they discharged us and they didn't have anything to get me through the night like yeah they, like that's the other thing it's like when i left my hospital they gave me like a couple of pills to take home until chris was able to get to the store and he picked up my medication later that evening yeah we didn't have we didn't have any they didn't give me anything to go home uh i yeah, it was it was bad. So we I, were having to figure that out. Yeah, I remember. But yeah, and because Jenny came two weeks early, we did not expect her for Thanksgiving. So everything that she had was like my first Christmas and stuff. She didn't have anything for Thanksgiving, so my mom went out and bought a Bye Bye Baby like my first Thanksgiving or like something for Thanksgiving. And the outfit that she ended up buying her was a nine-month outfit oh my gosh so it's freaking huge so we're actually gonna hold on to it because she might be able to fit into it for her next thanksgiving yeah i don't know she's pretty long baby i don't know if a nine-month outfit will fit her 12 months especially with cloth diapers it probably won't you could cut it and make it yeah because she'll be she'll be one the day before thanksgiving this year oh wow that's her birthday You know, Cora, I'm sure a lot of our listeners actually found us on TikTok since that's where we spend so much of our time. That's probably because so many of them are content creators or maybe aspire to be content creators while staying home with their babies. If this sounds like you and you haven't signed up for Mom Creators, you're missing out on a golden opportunity. Mom Creators, created by Goo Goo Guru, was built to help as many moms as possible monetize their expertise and connect with brands for paid opportunities. Each week, Mom Creators post new opportunities for parents to collaborate with brands and give feedback on products. It's basically like getting paid to take care of your kids. One of the many helpful resources they offer includes Mom Creator University. Here, they offer so many articles with tips and tutorials for entrepreneurial and creative moms, aspiring content creators, and mom influencers. If you or someone you know is a mom who wants to monetize their expertise and work with brands, please visit the Mom Creators website at gugugguru.com. That's G-U-G-U-G-U-R-U.com. And be sure to follow at Mom Creators on Instagram and on TikTok to stay up to date with all the opportunities and new features. Okay, Sharon, do you remember whenever we were in college and at our sorority meetings, we would always end the meetings with a game called Oh Shits and Oh Yes? Oh my gosh, yeah. So basically, all of our meetings on like a positive or funny note, like I said, um, so you'd say an oh shit, something, you know, negative that happened to you this week, and an oh yeah, something positive. So I thought it would be a fun game to play every week to kind of let yeah we have mom fails too (laughs) right (laughs) so let me think for me and oh shit that i'd probably have this week is may or so i work as an event coordinator like i said and april and may tend to be our busiest months that's the months when everyone wants to get married so i have multiple weddings that i have to coordinate and the details for and also also go to a week 
So right now I'm just in the middle of that and it just means that I'm getting like 30 plus emails a day and every time I look at my, my inbox it's just overwhelming. So that's my oh shit for the week. And I'd say my oh yeah for the week. Claire is now starting to pull her stuff up herself. Claire's starting to pull herself up on stuff. So I think she's getting really close to standing on her own. She turns eight months today, and I think that by nine months, she'll be standing on her own, so I'm really proud of her. Oh, yeah. She uses Ginny sometimes to try to push up. <laughs> yeah, earlier today, she was using Ginny as a table trying to push herself up. Because Ginny, Ginny still can't push up on her arms yet, so whenever she does tummy time, she's just, like, on her forearms, just looking around, and Claire's, like, pushing on her back and trying to push up on her head to try to stand up. <laughs> My kid has no boundary issues. She's well, it's never okay. Met someone she didn't like. Ginny kicked Claire in the face later on to yeah. pay back. <laughs> that is true. Okay, so I would say an oh shit for me this week is that Ginny is starting to go through her four month sleep regression. Ugh. Yeah. Um, it mainly affects her naps, I would say. Sometimes it affects her sleeping at night, but it usually just affects her during the day. Uh, there are a few times whenever we have multiple wake-ups. Um, but so my, oh yeah, would be that Ginny has now fully moved to her crib. She naps in her crib. She sleeps all night in her crib and only wake, usually only wakes up twice. But still, that's awesome that she doesn't feel like she has to sleep right next to you. That gives you a little bit of independence a little bit of peace of mind because you know she's in a safe space yeah and i mean i will say that we might every time we go home i feel like we backtrack a little bit because she doesn't like the crib that's at my mom's we always try it but she really just doesn't like it and so she ends up sleeping with me again um but the last time we went home she transitioned back to her crib very easily so it's not like she lost anything so hopefully, even though she's in her sleep regression right now, I'm hoping that this weekend, whenever we go home for Easter, doesn't mess her up too much. But yeah, so she's not really taking as good as na- of naps at the moment, but she's sleeping through the night so I can at least well, sleep. That's at least a win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is our first episode of this podcast. Yay! <laughs> thank you guys. If you're still here, um, thank you so much for supporting us and listening. And we're so excited for more fun conversations and exciting things that we have coming up in the future. Yeah, if you're listening to this, uh, please don't forget to find us on Instagram at Learning on the Job Moms. Uh, you can find us on TikTok. We'll put our TikTok links in the Instagram so y'all can find us and follow along. Um, but also send in questions. Uh, send anything in that you have that you want us to talk about. Let us know if you've gone through any of the stuff that we've talked about. We want to hear from you guys. We want this to be a community for all moms. So let us know your thoughts and we can't wait to talk to you soon. Thanks again so much for listening. We're so excited that y'all are joining us on this journey. Bye. Bye. Bye.